welcome to episode 16 of the Curiosity Game. Today, Jordan and I sit down with Matt Mihalik, an awesome story of a man who went from living and working in New York City to starting to ride a bike 5 miles, 10 miles, 30 miles, 50 miles, and all of a sudden he's riding across the country. But that doesn't define him. He's somebody who has moved out west to Colorado, found CrossFit, became a coach, and most recently has become a photographer and videographer shooting in the CrossFit space, creating amazing content. We thank you so much for tuning in to episode 16 of the Curiosity Game. Enjoy, guys. Episode 16 of the Curiosity Game. I'm Michael Leary. I'm Jordan Fisher, still in double digits. Oh, yeah. Uh, and today, for our guest, we have Matt Mahalik. Uh, Matt. Yeah, what's up, guys? Yeah, psyched hey. to have you on the podcast. Yeah, I'm super happy to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So, for those who don't know, uh, where are you right now? I am in Denver, Colorado. Awesome. Uh, we are in Portland, Maine. Uh, so we want to, we have a lot that we want to talk about, but before we get into that, we want to talk about our sponsors. So right. Jordan, do you have a sponsor for this week? Oh, I sure do, Mike. And I'm going to, I'm going to show you my sponsor. Oh Here's yeah. Uh, for those that can't so, see, he's holding <laughs> up a cardboard box. That's right. I am holding up a cardboard box that very recently contained one of those like, uh, like a uh, clip in pull up bars, you know, like it was in like the, the doorway of your uh, a room in your house. Uh, and I'm sponsored by this uh, device because I was telling Mike earlier, um, I used to see those things in people's houses and be like, oh, like whatever. I go to my like you know, fancy CrossFit gym and do pull-ups on a real rig, you know. And then all this stuff happens and all I wanted was one of those fucking pull-up bars. Um, <laughs> and they were like nowhere to be found in the world. Uh, and I'm sure I got price guys <laughs> six weeks for the same name to my house. So a lesson in like humility for me not to yeah. be so, uh, so snobby about my fitness. Totally. He paid three grand and drove to Florida to pick it up. Uh, I have a sponsor of Garbage to Garden, which is a local Portland, Maine company. Uh, and basically, they are a composting, basically, within your house, small-scale composting. And actually, they came out today and put in some raised vegetable beds in the backyard. So they are our sponsor for today. Cool. Very awesome. cool. Very nice. uh, Matt, what do you have for a sponsor? What would be a dream sponsor for you? Oh, guys, uh, can I just get sponsored by just coffee beans in general? Ooh, just coffee yeah. all the time, all day, every day? 100%. Yeah. What's your favorite I, I roast? Uh, <laughs> well, it'd be really embarrassing for coffee snobs to hear me say this, but uh, the, I bought the um, the cheapest coffee at Walmart, which was McDonald's coffee, and I'll tell you, it does the job. I don't even I know if I need the caffeine. I have enough energy as it is i think I just, I just love the flavor and just like the act of drinking coffee in the morning just makes me feel good oh same absolutely here's another question though how much coffee do you drink because i feel like mike and i had this unspoken coffee drinking contest um, <laughs> and it's like hitting out of hand you know uh yeah i'll probably it's it's probably about two i fill up my big packer's mug so it's probably about two cups all right all right all right that's basically what, what if you put Four cups in front of me, I'll drink it. Yeah, that's <laughs> the same way. 
Ditto. Yeah. 100%. I drink it until it's more or less gone. Now, are you somebody that can drink coffee into the afternoon, or do you have a hard stop in the morning? No, yeah, I can, yeah, I can drink it pretty much whenever, and uh, yeah, it won't really affect my sleep, so... At least that's what I tell myself. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gone to sleep in a week, but we're doing well. <laughs> All right. Um, so you have a really cool story. Uh, if I recall, you were working in New York, and that somehow led to riding across the country on a bike, which also somehow led to making amazing photos and video. Do you mind explaining where you were, what led you to riding across the country, and how you ended up in Colorado? You know, I would love to tell you the story. If you ask any of my friends, I'll bring up my bike trip uh, a lot, and and they'll go, uh, "Oh, oh, really? You rode your bike cross country? I haven't heard about that. Tell me about it." <laughs> Very sarcastically, because I talk about it a lot, but it's definitely something that's shaped my life. But uh, yeah, uh, let's see uh, where to begin. Uh, you just stop me anytime you have any questions. Um, I've told the story a million times, so it's got a pretty good flow. But. Uh, Anyway, yeah, um, I graduated uh, from college as an engineer, civil engineer, and I was working in New York City. Um, it was about my second or third year in the professional life, and um, the, the beginning of the story, to make that a little bit shorter, I basically was not super passionate about the current job I was in, so uh, in engineering, I was in construction, and I would move around uh, to different job sites. And I moved to a job site that was about three miles from my apartment in New York City. And I always biked as a kid. And I was like, oh, cool. I could bike to work now. And it wasn't really for the biking. It was more to save on the, uh, on the subway pass. So started biking to work. Uh, three miles turned into after work, 10 miles, and then 20 miles, and then 30, 40. And I'm like, wow, I'm really starting to enjoy this bike thing. And all the while at work, I'm just not inspired by my work. And I'm thinking... Maybe like I can make biking my new thing. Like maybe I get really into this, and um, who knows? Who knows what it'll turn into? And um, yeah, I had a, I had a goal to set out to ride. They call it a century ride, which is 100 miles. Um, and my parents live in Connecticut. That's where I grew up. So I rode 47 miles to Connecticut to my mom and dad's house, and my mom gave me a 12 pack of shock top bottles <laughs> to take to take back to New York. So I was clanging the whole way, the whole 50, 53 miles back to New York. Yeah. So, so I got that hundred miles down and I was like, now what? Like, what do I do? Should I ride my bike faster or further? Uh, and I don't really know what totally sparked it. I would kind of put this down to, you know, one, the lack of inspiration at work and two, um, maybe a quarter life crisis, but I was like, maybe I could ride my bike across the country. Um, and yeah, so I, I set up to do that. I, I think I thought about that in like November of 2015 and I started uh, training for it and getting, getting the, they call them panniers, the bags on the side of your bike. And yeah. I would load those up with Stephen King books and start waiting my bike a little bit. And <laughs> New York, the, the biggest sales in New York are going over the bridges. So I go up and over the bridges, which is nothing compared to <laughs> the rest of the country, but uh, yeah, I started training for that, and uh, I, you know, I put it out on Facebook. I started making a blog. I, I wanted, I wanted to put it out there so I would hold myself accountable to doing it. Um, super dreading telling my boss, but when I did, he was like, "That sounds amazing. You should definitely do that. Take three months off. You'll have a job when you come back." 
And I'm like, all right, that's awesome. So yeah, uh, June, late end of June, uh, 2016, I rode my bike cross country. It took 90 days exactly. I think there were 13 rest days in there. Uh, 5,019 miles. Uh, and it was the best 90 days of my entire life. <laughs> Damn, that is awesome. Yeah. Did you go east to west or west to east? Yeah, so I went east to west. And the big thing that, that uh, you know, as I researched this, and there, there are probably a few thousand people that do it a year, or at least attempt it a year. Um, the big thing is putting your, your rear wheel in one of the oceans. So I put my rear wheel in the Atlantic Ocean uh, in Coney Island. Uh, that's where I started my trip. And then ended in Seaside, Oregon, uh, dipping my front wheel in the Pacific Ocean. So literal coast to coast. I love that. What I think is really cool about the story too is it's almost like the like the ambition to bike across the country is almost like an accident, right? Like it sounds like you were just kind of bike commuting to like get to work, right? And not pay for the yeah. subway pass. How cool to see that like blossom into something like that epic. I love that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I was I've been you know I was on a hunt in that time to get maybe quarter life crisis or whatever, but I was on a hunt for like something more than, you know, my engineering job. And I was looking into stocks and I was thinking about designing an app and I got a little bit of ways into that. And I was just on this big hunt for something else and turned out to just, yeah, really enjoy the biking. So I, I rode that wave. That's awesome. Do you have one day that was more memorable than all the others or one moment that was more memorable than all the others? Oh man, that's, I'm assuming you want a positive moment. <laughs> well, I, um, we can go either yeah. way. We can go. Yeah. I, I yeah. purposely left that open-ended. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, that's that's really hard to answer because, you know, I have 10 that pop in my head right away. But there was um, there was one day where uh, northern Idaho, which is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, technically, it was two days. Um, but me... And along this trip, I did start out alone, but uh, there is a route that goes across the country. It's called the uh, Trans-American Trail uh, that was founded, I don't know, in the 70s. But um, they have a whole map system for it, and it keeps you off of, you know, busy towns and roads with big shoulders. And so along that route, um, I met up with some people who are doing the same thing. And, um, yeah, by the time I was in uh, Idaho, um, I was riding with – Let's see, I think it was three guys at the time that I left Idaho with. And uh, we got into into the forest of Idaho, and, and people had told us, like, you're not going to have any cell service. So like, all right, so I like, called family, texted family. Like, hey, guys, talk to you in, like, two days, I think. Uh, if you want to hear, hear from me in two days, <laughs> I'm somewhere in northern Idaho. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we take this two-day trip down, um, uh, it's called Loxa River. And we were going, it was probably a one or two percent grade downhill. So we're just cruising like a nice steady pedal. Uh, and then just taking these windy road, we're just following this Loxa river and, you know, it's Northern Idaho. So it's this beautiful rushing river with these evergreens. And, um, we would pull off, uh, that one night or the two nights we would pull off on the side of the road, uh, into these little camping spots and set up our tents, uh, right like in the riverbed in the sand and, um, it's kind of one of those, you know, if you follow like REI or something, it's, it's one of those epic pictures from outside the tent door with the river and, and the mountains or in trees and stuff. And so like just being completely disconnected, um, from the world and just being with these 
uh, three guys or four, I think it was four guys maybe, um, was just like an incredible two days and just really being immersed in it and um, enjoying each other's company and not worrying about anything else. And uh, that was the whole trip really. It was, it was biking, eating and sleeping. That's incredible. But, uh, yeah. That, that was the top, that was the top moment there. I'm, I'm kind of struck by the fact that you said I'm alone to do this. <laughs> I, I've done a few like bike trips, like up and down the coast, nothing nearly like the, what you did, but I would always do it with like a squad of people with me, you know? What was it like just like on that first day, like on your own, like here I go, I'm setting off to bike across the country. Like, So day one was incredible. I had family and friends uh, meet me at Coney Island and took pictures and we said goodbye. And my brother and dad actually rode uh, through Manhattan or through Brooklyn and Manhattan with me over the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, and then I got to, yeah, cross over to Jersey and, and that's where we departed. Um, and that was kind of, it was kind of scary at first and, but also exciting. And, um, so this was, uh, like snap, this was like prime Snapchat time. And I was all over Snapchat. Um, just like, that's how I kept myself company riding alone. I'm just like, wow, guys, it's really freaking hot today. And, uh, just kind of like screaming at the camera, which if you follow me on Instagram, it's pretty much what I still do today. Um, <laughs> but you can tell uh, the first, I didn't really meet anyone or I didn't, I wasn't able to ride with anyone uh, until two weeks in. So I met uh, two guys also from New York. Um, but yeah, you can tell as those two weeks were going on that like the Snapchat stories were getting longer and longer. They're like two minutes. And then like day 10, they're like four minutes. And then those last few days, like five minutes long. Cause I'm like, literally just talking to myself or whoever the hell was listening. Um, but yeah. And, and then there are moments, the, the first two weeks is the hardest because uh, my legs are getting accustomed to all the climbing um, and going through um, Shenandoah park and uh, the, uh, the Appalachians. It's just this up, down, up, down. And you're constantly climbing and it's hot and um, your body, again, your body's still getting accustomed to all that. And I remember a very specific moment. I just had exited Shenandoah park and I was climbing up this hill and I was like, you know, if a truck hit me and I woke up in the hospital, ideally I'm totally okay. But then the trip was over. That wouldn't be the worst thing ever. <laughs> but I, I didn't want to quit, but I was like, man, I was, it, it was lonely and it was, it was tough, but I don't know. You just keep pedaling, put on a good song and keep going. Totally. Yeah, it settles into that type two fun where it's like, this is not fun in the moment, but you know afterwards, a day later, it's going to be the greatest experience. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, just wait for the downhill. Then you're happy again. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so what did you do for food and water throughout that experience? Uh, I started with a ton of stuff and probably too much stuff and like, you know, like a five-pound bag of uh, oats and and dried berries and protein powder, peanut butter, beef jerky, a uh, lot, lot of Cliff Bar. This episode should be sponsored by Cliff Bar, actually. Um, I had like uh, three boxes of those. Um, but yeah, that was that was a lot of it. Uh, I, you know, I was never far from a town, and I averaged sixty miles, sixty-six miles a day, technically. Um, so you go through a few towns uh, throughout that, and you know, you grab food. I tried to keep it cheaper, so I would. I had a I had a little uh, unleaded fuel gas tank uh, on my bike and uh, a little stove that I'd make breakfast and I'd make oats and and whatnot and 
uh, that was kind of the start of it. And then I met people who weren't on as strict of a budget. So they were like, let's stop here and get a 10 pound burrito and eat it in five minutes. So we would do that. And, uh, and as it got on down the trip, I just, I got better. Well, I don't know if better is the right word, but, um, I would take a wrap, smear peanut butter on it, throw a banana in there, crumple a pop tart, wrap that up and eat it. And that was like breakfast. <laughs> Love it. It's it's not bad. And uh, yeah, I ate a ton of ice cream. Like, you guys are like this. I, uh, I typically weigh about, I'm 5'10". I typically weigh 175. Um, uh, I got down to 155 at my lowest during that trip. And I was constantly eating, but I just couldn't keep up with it. Yeah, you got to think you're expending so much energy yeah. during that. Yeah the, yeah, the bike weighed 90 pounds with all the gear. Dang. Whoa. Dang. Um, how'd your body feel through the, I imagine you alluded to the first two weeks were hard. So after that, did you start to fall into a rhythm with it? Yeah, it was definitely a rhythm. It was, it was like, you know, I, I spent a lot of time early on, like looking at the maps and being like, Oh, look at all this elevation gain. Like maybe we should only do 40 miles today because we got to climb 6,000 feet. Um, or, you know, oh, it's a little flatter today. We'll go a little further, but, uh, I would say, Colorado is kind of my halfway point, um, almost literally, but um, also like mentally. I was like, once I get to Colorado, that's the second half of the trip. Um, once I got to there, it was just like, just ride, whatever. Like, <laughs> ride wherever you feel like riding. Um, so, yeah, I really settled on a rhythm. I would say my hips are still tight from those 90 days. And if I, if I knew what I knew now, I probably would have taken the at least two minutes a day to stretch out a little bit before, before uh, going to bed, but that is what it is. But yeah, just kind of sore the whole time. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. I imagine you slept super well through that whole process too. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. I mean that, that first night or uh, first or second night thunderstorm, I, I think by, I don't know what you would call it, but adrenaline and stuff was just, was just like going and I'd never biked. 60 miles with like the fully loaded bike. Um, and I could not sleep and yeah, it was thunderstorms. And I was just rolling around all night, probably a bit of nerves and whatnot. Um, all that stuff, but, uh, yeah, you fall asleep pretty quickly. And <laughs> once you settle into it, <laughs> what was, uh, what was it like going back to New York after spending 90 days going across yeah. the country? That's what I was actually going to ask too, is like, you had this experience and then like, What's it like going back to like you know normal life after that? Like, how does the the bike trip like inform life afterwards? You know? Yeah. Well, I got a lot to say about that, <laughs> but I mean, you can get super cliche with this, but it's when I truly realized that it is the journey, not the destination. You know, it was a beautiful moment when I got to the finish line in Seaside, Oregon, and um, my family was there at the end waiting for me, and we embraced and hugged and cried and it was so incredible but at the same time I was like it's also a rainy day which was a little sad but um <laughs> it's like oh my god it's over like shoot should I just should I just go south and start going down to California uh which I might have if I had more money um but yeah it wasn't it wasn't like I rode across country it was it was the whole journey of it it was all 90 days and meeting the people um so yeah, having said that, uh, my mom said it best. 
She said, you were either going to take this trip and get it out of your system, or it was going to change you forever. And this is why I always talk about the bike trip to friends and anyone who wants to listen. Um, it's because it changed me forever. Um, it, it was, it, like I said, every day was amazing. It was, it was riding, eating, and sleeping, and riding with some of those friends that I met. Like, it was just an incredible experience. And since every day was filled with such joy, I'm like, how can I go back to living a life where I'm working for the weekends or five-sevenths of my week is meh? And then I have a good weekend and, you know, it, does, it didn't seem like, doesn't seem like the right way to live. Um, so yeah, since returning, it's kind of, it has been this uh, four years of looking for, I guess, the pursuit of daily happiness. And uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm on the right track right now. <laughs> <laughs> well said, man. So did you go back to the engineering job that was waiting for you or did you take another path? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was waiting for me. I kind of feel like they forgot about me, <laughs> which did, didn't make me feel great. I followed up with some emails and never got a response. But uh, yeah, I did go back to that job. Uh, they sent me back to a really old project I used to work at, and it was like a closeout phase of construction, and it was incredibly boring, which I was kind of okay with because I was like, oh, I can kind of, I can work. Uh, I hope none of them are listening, but like I can work for like two hours and then <laughs> kind of figure out the next step for me. And yeah, I eventually switched companies, um, uh, to a more construction heavy, um, uh, engineering job and, uh, really amazing company. Uh, I worked on, um, some really cool projects and I got a little more inspired by that, but, um, basically the next step was I was introduced to CrossFit and when I got introduced to CrossFit, biking started to fade. And there has always been this desire since freshman year of college uh, where, you know, I, I've been working out since I was 14. And I remember thinking freshman year when well, I started as a business major and I, I hated that. And I was thinking, I'm like, yeah, it'd be cool to be a personal trainer, but you know, you're, you're kind of, um, you're told these stories of the American dream and stuff. So let's get the nine to five job and personal training definitely didn't seem like, uh, that fit the mold or that was really a, a legitimate career path. So, um, anyway, back to finding CrossFit, uh, I started doing CrossFit and then that gym was like, Hey, uh, any of our members like super passionate about this. If you take your CrossFit level one certification, we will, uh, train you to be a coach and we'll give you a few hours, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is my opening to do that dream. I had back in freshman year of college. Uh, just get my foot in the door with personal training and uh, coaching fitness. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, we're going to start to go down the story now, but um, that's how it slowly started to get into personal training and realizing, um, oh my God, I could, I could actually make this uh, a full-time thing. Um, yeah. So I started coaching CrossFit three hours a week after work. Uh, I think it was an hour on Sunday, two hours on Thursday. Um, Yep. And from there, um, some life stuff was happening. I was engaged to my fiance and, uh, she wasn't happy with her nine to five corporate job. And I would always talk about my bike trip in Colorado and basically anything, uh, out West. And, uh, you know, that was a life that she wanted. She's more of an outdoor person too. So we decided, uh, 
why don't we do this thing? Why don't we drop our corporate jobs and pursue our passions and live a life that is more inspiring and can make us happy every day? That's awesome. So that's what we did. How, how uh, quick from that realization to packing the car was it? Uh, it was a, it was a bit of a, let's see, I'm trying to think when we really thought about it. I know it was maybe more like, hmm, yeah, I'm trying to think about the years here, but it was probably, probably a year and a half thought process of, it was another winter in New York and we're like, you guys know those East coast winters are gray and could be slightly depressing. We're like, I don't know if I could do another another uh, winter in New York city. And, and on top of that, a lot of what we did on the weekends was drinking and it was going to a bar, you know, Thursday, Thursday, Thursdays and Friday, you go out with your work friends, Saturday, you drink and Sunday, you have brunch and drink. And after, I don't know, I went to Manhattan college. So I've been in New York for like eight years. And after all the years of that, I'm like, there's gotta be more, to life and also drinking every weekend. Uh, and after doing that bike trip and wanting to be out outdoors more, um, I wanted to make that more a part of my life. And it's just not really possible to do that in New York city. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, uh, getting out of getting out of New York and, and those depressing winters. And we are like, we can't spend another depressing winter here. So, um, you know, let's make plans to, to move out to Colorado. So I'd say it was probably like a, maybe a year and a half, thought process and we eventually moved out uh got got here november 1st 2018 oh nice so you've had enough time to settle in there so along that journey how did photography come into the mix oh yeah that's right the thing that i love doing and i'm building a business with <laughs> um, <laughs> uh yeah so uh i photography's kind of always been in my blood um we went on a family trip to Italy in 2008, me, my brother, mom and dad, and my mom had, you know, some like Canon point and shoot thing. Um, and I just ended up taking that camera and like, kind of being a photographer for the trip and not really realizing it back then. It just, I just kind of enjoyed it and, was happy and, uh, and loved doing it. And there was probably at this point, 15 years ago, maybe, I think it was even before that trip, I had asked my dad for a uh, DSLR camera for Christmas and him being the amazing father got me one. And then me being the terrible son left it in the closet for 12 years and never thought about it again. Um, and then, yeah, it was uh, around, it was actually right after the bike trip, 20, uh, the winter of 2016 where I'm like, I should uh, take that camera out and uh, learn how to use it. So I think, yeah, I think it was November. Uh, I, I just, would bring my camera with me everywhere after work i'd walk around new york city and such an inspiring place to to be a photographer and learn how to take photos because every street corner something cool is happening and i quickly learned uh you know if if you saw a red awning and you wanted uh, to kind of play with that red color you could wait and there would probably be a woman with a red umbrella and red shoes and you would get this really cool picture and like just like kind of hanging out and it was super meditative. It was super fun to like kind of be patient, wait for these moments. And I'm not a patient person. So, um, I just love doing that every day after work. And yeah, I slowly just started loving the, uh, street photos. And, um, then when I found CrossFit, I combined that both those passions. I was like, oh, I could 
I can take cool fitness photos too. Um, so yeah, I slowly started taking fitness photos and take some photos for that gym. Um, with, you know, this old, old camera that all gyms are very, very dark. Uh, so, uh, it didn't do well in this dark gym, but, uh, but it was, it was fun to learn like how, how to use it and how to kind of be creative to get a good shot, even when maybe the camera isn't functioning the way you want it to. And anyway, yeah, that, that, uh, that would lead into moving to Colorado and coming out here. Like I said, uh, my fiance and I, fiance at the time, um, we pursued both of our passions in the fitness world and it only took three months of being a CrossFit coach to realize I don't think I love this. And after those three months, I paid 1600 bucks for a photography course mentorship. Um, and then, yeah, really since that moment, it's been a s slow progress into building my business and being a CrossFit photographer and working on that. That's awesome. That's, that's very cool. Um, also, I'm curious about this too. Mike mentioned uh, you shot Guadalupe this year. Yes, yeah, I did. Dude, what was that like? Uh, very cool. I actually volunteered for that. It was uh, it's kind of like you know putting doing a little investment in yourself without actually putting the money down. But well, I guess I did for the flight and the hotel. But uh, I just thought I could go there and make some contacts and take photos of some amazing athletes. Um, and yeah, it, it was actually incredible because. You know, I've done some two and three day events here, uh, which Waterloo is a three day event. Uh, I was actually there for four days, four day event, whatever. It was long, but they have a, they have a full team. So instead of like busting your ass for, not that I didn't, but busting, can I swear? Is ass swearing? Oh yeah, you're good. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, instead of uh, busting your ass from you know wake up to sleep, uh, this was nice to have a full team where you could actually take a lunch break and chill out for an hour. Um, but besides that, uh, it, it was, it was, I mean, it was incredible being on the floor with, with the top CrossFit athletes, Sarah Sigma's daughter and T. Blair Toomey and, um, uh, Delner and all, all those people was like really cool. And then at the same time, I, I wasn't as, uh, 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 what do you, what do you call it? Uh, you know, celebrities, I don't know. Like, I guess like not starstruck or starstruck. Yeah. 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 I wasn't as starstruck as I, I expected to be. I'm like, you know, I'm like six inches taller than all of them, the guys. And, um, and, uh, yeah, but in any case, it's just like, it's incredible. The, the whole thing is in, super inspiring. And even, uh, you know, I knew some other people down there who were in the intermediate division, I think it is. And, and there's like a hundred teams and even the intermediate division, I'm like, all oh, these people are fitter than I am. This is like incredible being surrounded by, all these fit people and even the spectators are incredibly fit. And it, it's just, it's just a cool all around experience to um, be around people who are kind of, uh, you know, on the same wave, wavelength as you and, you know, they're CrossFitters. So they're down to kind of work hard and get that pain cave. And um, you just chat with people and everyone, everyone's just happy to be there. And uh, yeah, it's, it was a really inspiring place to be and take photos. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that community for like the raw passion that everybody brings to that, whether it's like the people creating the media, the people that are judging the athletes, the crowd, like it is super fun to just see and be around that energy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, like not to get off on, on this tangent, I promise I don't want to. Uh, but like some of the changes too, with like CrossFit uh, HQ, like firing the media and doing all that, like seems like it opens that up a little bit more, right? We're now like anyone who wants to, I guess, can take a shot at some of this stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I I I guess I I knew a guy, so that got me in because yeah, everyone wants to take pictures of Wadapalooza. Um, so I kind of had a a friend who I think got me a little connection there, but. Um, yeah, I think everyone did that anyway. <laughs> uh, really, the, the stands are supposed to be regulated, and you can't bring like a super long lens in. But pretty much anyone was bringing any type of lens in and taking awesome photos from the stand. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Uh, it really does open it up, and and even brands. And you know, I met a guy there who's shooting for Born Primitive, and they hired him to just take pictures of their athletes, and. Um, it's just a, yeah, it's a cool place for, um, I don't know, for, for people to just uh, kind of, yeah, get down, get down like in the action and uh, be a part of it. Yeah, it's so cool. I saw Taylor's boomerang from your, your photo challenge of you working <laughs> yeah. along lens on the floor of Wadapalooza. Pretty cool experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. And that's like, man, that's, that's, I'm like in my element when I'm on the CrossFit floors and because I'm a crossfitter myself, I know the movements. I, I know when someone's about to do something awesome. So that really helps to get the good shot. And, uh, you know, in between events, I'm just like, the music's gone. And I'm just like dancing, just vibing out, having such a good time. And uh, it's just where I really feel comfortable and happy. That's awesome. So cool. Uh, so question for you then, what motivates you on a bad day? Ooh, that's a good question. And that's actually something... Um, that's becoming a bit more clear now. I don't have a lot of bad days and um, I know that's not the case for everyone and I feel lucky that I'm always pretty high energy and smiling and um, always looking at the, the positive sides of things. Um, but yeah, recently uh, this gym hosted a abundance challenge and uh, it was 21 days of meditating and journaling and I wanted to do it every morning because I just thought that's a great way to start the morning. And so yeah, I'd obviously make my coffee and I would do the meditating, do the journaling. And, and on, um, on, I had a few bad days or a few like less inspiring days and after journaling, uh, and I, maybe the prompts were just on point too, but <laughs> after journaling, I, all of a sudden I'm just like, what, what, why, <laughs> why do I feel so down? I, this is awesome. I feel great. And, um, again, this challenge was about abundance and it was just, I think the prompt that day specifically was, um, you know, saying what you're grateful for. And I just kind of went crazy and I was like, man, I, I have, I have such a great family. I have good friends. I I'm pursuing a life that I'm so passionate about. But some people are still stuck in situations that they hate. Um, like how can I be sad today? Um, so yeah, sitting down and I'm really understanding that if I do have a down day that if I could just sit down and, and journal my thoughts for a little bit uh, and realize what I'm grateful for, uh, what I have to be grateful for, uh, then it can usually turn me around pretty quickly. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Um, all right, next question. Uh, what is more important, motivation or discipline? Uh, you know, Taylor talked to me about this the other day. <laughs> what was he on, episode five? Everyone needs to listen to Taylor. Yeah, Taylor well, Sleaford, 
co-founder of the summit collective yeah he was episode five yeah everyone needs to go listen to that after they're done here um he was talking about that he said it was kind of a, a hand-in-hand thing but um yeah i i don't know it's tough we get super philosophical about it but i i really believe in um motivation uh and i think that kind of goes hand in hand with momentum and if you can just get yourself going just a little bit uh you can ride that momentum and uh, yeah guys again i think it goes hand in hand with motivation um it, it, the momentum will inspire you again to be motivated and to keep going so like if i am not motivated to run but if i just put my shoes on and start moving a little bit um I kind of find that motivation a little bit as I build that momentum, if that makes sense. Makes total sense. It's a whole notion of tiny habits. Just just do something super small that's gonna start the beginning inertia to get you moving. That's awesome. Yeah. Um what's one thing you do every day with intent? Hmm. That is a good question. <laughs> we think so. Are we? For sure. Yeah. yeah, well, there's definitely coffee. I've actually, I, I always wonder if I should, you know, not drink as much. And then I'm like, no, it brings me joy. I'm going to have coffee. Um, but uh, I think creating uh, and whatever that means to anyone. But for me, it's like, you know, I'm building this business. So if I can sit down and, and work on my website a little bit, like that's, that's a creative outlet for me. Or if I'm not inspired by that. Uh, I just dig into some photos that I took recently or, or even old photos and I start editing cause I love getting deep in the editing process of photos. Um, so, you know, creating in that way and, um, and, and we can go into working out and maybe designing a workout for myself. And to me, that's a, a creative process. So I think every day there's some sort of creativity happening and that definitely uh, is what feel, fuels me up. Nice. That's awesome. And shout out too to uh, sort of programming workouts as being a creative endeavor. You know, I think there are probably millions yeah. of people right now who are like trying to program maybe for themselves for the first time in their homes. And I know I am, and it's uh, it's an interesting process for sure. Uh, so speaking yeah, of yeah. kind of fitness stuff, especially because we're all CrossFitters, um, what do CrossFitters get wrong, and what do they get right? Ooh, wow, that's a good one. What do they get right? What do they get wrong? I think CrossFitters definitely show up, and I think that's huge. And even on days, uh, again, it's like when you're not feeling motivated, if you can just get yourself to the gym, um, that's huge. And I and that's one of the reasons why I love CrossFit is because you know everyone talks about it, but it's that community. And you might not be feeling inspired, but you have these people who are essentially counting on you and looking for you to show up and work out with them. And, um, so I, I think, I think the general community aspect of CrossFit is something that we all do super well. Uh, you know, no one gets down on each other and, uh, it doesn't matter if you got your first pull up or you got your first muscle up or you, you hit a hundred pound snatch or a 300 pound snatch. Like people are there to cheer you on and get you hyped up. And I think like that is probably the most amazing part about CrossFit. Completely um, agree. What they get wrong is maybe showing up and battling through injuries, which uh, maybe not leaving your ego at the door can kind of go hand in hand with that. And if you know you're not feeling great, 
your knee hurts, your shoulder hurts, but, uh, you know, my, you know, you guys are, you guys are doing muscle ups saying in the programming, uh, well, I'm better at muscle ups than you. So I'm going to do muscle ups faster and harder, even though my shoulder hurts. So I think it's, uh, not being able to leave the ego at the door is kind of where a lot of people can go wrong. And, uh, just understand everyone's at a different point in their journey in their CrossFit journey or health journey. Um, and to just kind of put your head down and do what's right for you. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I completely agree with you on, on both aspects of that, but you can't beat the CrossFit community. Um, no, definitely not. So Matt and I met in, uh, through Taylor Sleaford again, episode five of the curiosity game. Uh, and now you are moving through our school of life course. So this is going to be yes. a question that, in a sense, plays in with that. So if you had unlimited time and budget, what would you do? Yeah, that, that kind of goes into the perfect day, right? If if I didn't have to worry about about money or or time, uh, you know, what would be my perfect day? And it's definitely uh, being around being around friends and family. Uh, if I could. You know, especially if I had unlimited money, if I could uh, live in a beautiful, inspiring environment uh, with my friends and family and people that I love and that inspire me, uh, I think that would be, I think that'd be the ultimate uh, life. And then adding is that, you know, that having that creativity every day. So I, I would never not work. So it would be finding maybe two to four hours um, of a way that I could uh, continue to work. And maybe it's mentoring people, um, coaching people, uh, on photos, videos, branding. That's what, I, that's the, um, business I'm, I'm in right now. And, uh, that's, that's what excites me. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know, unlimited time. I'd probably travel a lot too. <laughs> Love it. That, that ties into another question we have. Yep. So if you could go on an adventure, with anybody past or present, who would you choose to go on this adventure with? And what would the adventure be? Oh, uh, I'd go with my brother, hands down. That's easy answer. Um, I know you could probably get philosophical on that one and, and say someone like Jesus or something, but uh, no, it, it would it would have to be with my brother. And hopefully uh, that's something we can do soon. Uh, I'm sorry, not hopefully. It will be something we can do soon. Yeah. Um, and where would we go? I don't know. Everywhere? Maybe I think it'd be cool to um, to just, like, hop around Europe and just, like, hit hit some of the big cities and, uh, and maybe even get super lost. And I've always wanted to go to uh, Norway and, um, yeah, places like that. And, you know, I want to get my hiking in, but then uh, – we can also go and, and party and, uh, yeah, to see, see the, see Europe with my brother would be super awesome. Oh, that's great. I love when people answer that question. Like, I want to hang out with like this family member, you know, cause you're right. I think a lot of times it's like, I would go like, um, like hang gliding with Buddha or something. When was the last time that you laughed at yourself? Uh, I don't know. Probably this morning. If it wasn't this morning, it was yesterday. <laughs> well, I'm constantly, uh, you know, uh, on Instagram, make videos or whatever. And, uh, I gotta, I mess up a million times and then I like rewatch something and I'm like, wow, 
you are a dumbass. And uh, yeah, just you got to laugh at yourself because it's, you know, let's cliche, but it's life. It's too, it's too damn serious for a lot of people. And it just needs to be more fun. And like, I don't know, you, I go on these hikes in Colorado and we were on one yesterday with my roommates and you look out out on Denver and you're like, oh, that's a decent sized city. And look how tiny it is, like over everything I can see right now. It's just this little piece of part of the land. And, um, and it was Earth Day and you're seeing a lot of photos of uh, NASA, put up photos of the Earth. And you're like, look how damn big the Earth is. And we are just these little specks and it doesn't really matter. So like you got to laugh at yourself, uh, you know, uh, otherwise, are you even having fun? I love that. Having the ability to laugh at yourself is huge and realize like you just did that anytime you can zoom out, you gain so much clarity on what is actually important. Yeah, totally. So we have some rapid fire questions for you. Uh, right, we'll, nice. we'll move through here. Uh, are you a morning or a night person? Oh, uh, to, to keep it rapid fire, I'll just stick with morning. <laughs> All right. Uh, what food can you not live without? Oh, uh, chicken. And if that can include eggs, then it's a, that's a win-win right there. <laughs> the, animal. The, whole, the whole deal. <laughs> uh, how about a power song? Ooh, oh man. In high school, it probably would have been like, you know, walking up to, to, uh, I was a baseball player. So I always envisioned myself, uh, at the time, Shea Stadium walking up to Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, and hearing that, hearing Axel scream is, is amazing. But, uh, right now, right now it's more seasonal, uh, seasonal and whatever is kind of on the top of my Spotify, uh, uh, like songs. Um, so I'll go with Lotto by Daka Braka. It is a, um, Ukrainian folk band and it's not English. And, uh, <laughs> if anybody looks that up, you're going to be super surprised, but it gets me hyped. You got to email it to me. Yeah. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to <laughs> check that out. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Uh, do you have a favorite season? Oh, summer. Yeah, that's easy. I, I mean, I love them all. You can't really have summer without going through the rest of them. Um, but I would, I prefer sweat all day than have to wear a sweatshirt and shiver. I get you on that one. Do you have a favorite CrossFit <laughs> movement? Ooh, it's not really a fair question, but, uh, it's probably, it's gotta be a muscle up. I could do a strict ring muscle up. I can do a strict bar muscle-up. Like, get at me. I'm flexing over here. <laughs> strict bar muscle-up is impressive. That's, that's right. Yeah. Well, last summer I was working on the, the one-minute uh, ring muscle-up, which I, oh. I think I got to like 30 or 40 seconds. That's pretty good. That's really good, actually. Um, what is your dream mode of transportation? Dream mode of transportation. Yeah. Wow. Huh. I don't know. I'm walking around barefoot right now. It feels pretty great, but, uh, uh, <laughs> that would be an answer we haven't had. An answer? Yeah. 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 Let's go. It's not a dream. I'm doing it right now. I'm living my dream. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's, let's go with, uh, no, I'll go with, um, uh, a jet ski. Oh, that's, that's, I like that. Uh, I know the answer to this, but do you have any pets and then what nicknames do they have? Yes, I have a dog. His name is Lambo. That's L-A-M-B-E-A-U, uh, where the Packers play, Lambo Field. Uh, and yeah, he's he's Lambo. He's he's Bo Bear. He's uh, I don't know. I think I just stick with Lambo. 
Buddy? I just call him Buddy all the time. God, I love that. I love that guy. <laughs> I gotta I gotta walk home and go give him a hug. Oh, that's great. And I learned the other day that the Green Bay Packers are owned by their fans. Like the fans collectively own the, the team or something. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, you're talking to one of them. Oh right. <laughs> I, I have one I have one share of Green Bay Packers stock. So I am an owner. Oh hey buddy. I'm getting approached by a dog right now. Hi. Speaking of dogs, they, they you call and they come. I love that man. Um, do you have a favorite book? Uh, whew, let's see. Um, I'd have to go with. <laughs> sorry, this dog is. This dog loves me so much. Um, uh, for a long time, it's been Unbroken by Lauren Hillbrand. Uh, it's been a while since I read that, but uh, yeah, there's something about that. I'm not a religious person, but and I don't want to ruin the ending for anyone, but. Um, it was just such a powerful, powerful book, and I really recommend to not see the movie. The movie is god awful, um, but yeah, Unbroken was great. That's good. I've I've read that book. Um, obviously, this is your favorite podcast. That's non-negotiable. Uh, but what is your second favorite podcast? Ooh, there would be a tie, but uh, can't get rid of this dog, guys. <laughs> uh, I just walked around the block. He's still around me. Um, I would have to go with uh, For the Love of Money by Chris Harder. Uh, he, his saying is when good people make good money, they do great things. Uh, it really resonates with me. And uh, yeah, it's not just about money. He's got great um, guests on there and it's uh, really business heavy. So uh, it's, it's good for me to uh, learn. I feel like every time I listen to it, I'm getting like an MBA now. Nice. Um, okay, so I think I know how you're going to answer this question, uh, but do you prefer the sauna or the ice bath? I just want to jump in real quick before, because <laughs> you sent me a yeah. message immediately before getting on this saying you were taking a cold shower as yeah. hashtag oh, yeah. sauna or uh, podcast prep, so now I'm genuinely interested for this answer. Okay, well, let me ask you, what do you think I'm going to say? I was, well, I was thinking it would be, it would be sauna. You're because of the summer, summer stuff? Yeah, yeah. And I was going to yeah. go cold based off your message. So I don't have enough sauna experience, I think, to answer that. Um, it'd be nice if I had a sauna in my backyard, like some people, uh, <laughs> but I don't. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's tough to answer because I don't, I don't know if I have enough experience with the sauna to answer. But I love, I love the ice bath and cold shower. I, I love them because... I can escape when I need to, you know, uh, not like winter where I'm stuck in winter forever, but it's, you know, it's the five minutes in, in the cold shower or the uh, ice bath that, uh, man, it really helps with stress. And I, and that's why I took the cold shower before the podcast. Cause I was getting nerves and I was getting all worked up and I was like, let me sit in the cold shower, focus on my breath. Uh, yeah. And it really just kind of levels me out and at the same time kind of gets me focused and hyped up. If that makes any sense. Dude, totally makes sense. It's like a, like a reset. Yeah. Really, yeah. really powerful. Yeah. Well, when you guys come out here this summer, we'll do the back and forth. Because like you said, they're both amazing. And the fact that you get to go from one to the other is the coolest and best feeling. You yeah. Awesome. Pull that shoot. Uh, so would you, along those lines, would you rather be uncomfortable or would you rather be bored? Oh, oh, that's an interesting question. Um, 
but I think it's easy. I'd rather be uh, uncomfortable. Um, bored is just, I don't know. I don't do well with bored. So maybe that's also uncomfortability, but um, uh, I was having some beers uh, on my birthday this past uh, Monday. Was my birthday Monday? Yeah, I'm 30. What's up? Uh, and um, I, I played guitar as a hobby and my roommates were like, get the guitar out. And man, I like butterflies in my stomach. I haven't played in a long time. My hands started to shake and I grabbed my guitar and I'm like, I, I was like, I should have made an excuse. And I'm like, no, nah, like the strings are broken or something. And I grabbed my guitar and I'm like, I'm freaking out. This is awesome. I'm like, lean into this. Like, this is how you grow. This is how you, you know, get to be a better person. So um, I, I love the uncomfortable. I hate it and love it because when you're uncomfortable, you're growing. I love that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have a guilty pleasure? <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because I don't really get embarrassed easily. So um, that's tough. But uh, maybe right now it's just Justin Bieber song, Forever. I don't know why I like it so much. <laughs> but if people heard me listening to it, I'd probably be a little, maybe a little embarrassed. So, yeah, maybe it's that Bieber song. There you go. Ever everybody has a guilty pleasure. Um, so one one last question we like to end with. Uh, what is one thing that you would impart on our listeners? What is like the most prolific thing that's had an impact on your life that you want to share with others? Well, hopefully from my story, I this is kind of my whole life's motto, I would say. It's like it's like just Go, you just got to go try stuff and you just kind of have to jump in and, and, and figure out, I don't know, just try stuff. Um, like the bike trip, like I, I didn't quit my job in bike cross country. I started riding three miles to work and then 10 and 20, 30. And then I rode the hundred miles and you know, blah, blah. And I didn't, I didn't like, there's no pressure to do this one thing. And, and that's kind of part of it too. Like I didn't stuck on being a cyclist. You know, just because I rode my bike cross country, I'm not the bike guy now. I moved on, and then I did CrossFit. And then, you know, I coached CrossFit for three hours a week. I didn't quit my job and start coaching CrossFit because that was a dream of mine from college. I tried it out for, for a year and a half. I coached for three hours a week, um, and I just tried it. And then I realized, like, I actually do love this. I'm going to move cross country. <laughs> but same with photography. Photography was a hobby that I really fell in love with. And started taking CrossFit photos. And, uh, I, you know, I, I did CrossFit events for free for a long time. Um, and then, then I slowly realized that, oh, this is really what I love. Um, this is what I want to do. And, again, this has been, it's been four years since my bike trip. It's not like I'm, I haven't dropped everything to do one thing. And I haven't stuck to one thing. So, I don't know, I tell people this all the time. But I'm like, if you danced in high school and you love and miss dancing, why aren't you dancing? I know it might be a little scary, but you're probably better than half the people in the dance class. So why don't you go do a dance class once a week and see if you like it. And you got to try it for three months. You can't do it once and quit. That's not really trying it. You try it for three months and maybe it's just a hobby or maybe you're better than the teacher and then you can start teaching dance. And then maybe you start doing performances. Like you don't know where it's going to lead. And, uh, it's, it's the, uh, I got a lot of cliches, but they're, they're so true. Um, no one on their deathbed regrets what they didn't, uh, what they did do. They regret what they didn't do. So you don't want to be, you don't want to get hit by a car bleeding out in the street and being like, man, I should have danced more. Or I should have taken out a bike trip. 
you know, just, just go try it. Just, if you have an interest in something, give it a try. I think that's my big message. Ooh. Man, for those those of you who can't see the video of this recording, which is everybody that's not us, <laughs> Mike and I are both sitting here like emphatically nodding our heads. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is so good and completely agree. I don't know how we can continue after that. That is pure gold that's right the, there. That's the mic drop? That is the mic drop. Nailed it. Dude, Matt, thank you so much for being on with us. We were yeah, absolutely psyched to have you on. This, this was tons of fun, and I just want to say also uh, in working with the School of Life that I have a goal to, to be on uh, 10 podcasts in the next 10 years. So this is number one. I can check it off. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me. This is tons of fun. Woo. Thanks for doing it. Thank you awesome. so much for being on. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 16, still in the double digits of the Curiosity Game. Enjoy. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Curiosity Game. Matt has been on a mission to help people build their own brand. And in doing so, he's developed an amazing course uh, on how to create professional-looking content. Uh, And he is willing to offer the first week of his course on how to take professional content with your phone for free to our listeners. Uh, The days are over where you need expensive equipment to produce professional content for social media or your website. Learn how to do it all on your phone starting with the first week free just for our listeners. Access will be in the show notes. We thank you guys. Enjoy.